You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, June, I want to say 9th. Nice. Thursday, June 9th, 2022. I'm Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. I'm sure a lot of you are looking forward to Thursdays now that we have the lovely and talented Bill Curlick and Mark Porter here. If you are watching on YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook, do whatever you need to do to like it, smash it, subscribe to it, do what you got to do. If you're listening on the podcast version, please give us a five-star review. We need them. Okay, today is going to be a pretty basic show in terms of template, but the content will be spectacular. Ohio State hosted camps on Monday and Tuesday, and Bill and Mark were there with bells on. They saw a ton of prospects. So we're going to go in chronological order here. We're going to review Monday. We're going to review Tuesday, and then we're going to take as many of your questions as we can. Gentlemen, are you ready? Yep, ready to go. Always ready. On Monday, let's start with the uh, most well-known name to pop out of there. As I said on Tuesday's show, if you are a boarding house devotee, you knew that Chris Henry Jr. will be attending West Claremont this year as a freshman. Because his guardian, Adam Pac-Man Jones, is in charge. Chris Henry Jr. is a fantastic receiver prospect. You all remember his father who died tragically in an auto accident about uh, 12 years ago. He was on the Bengals at the time. His son is a spitting image of himself. Literally, I think everyone could have picked him out without knowing who he was. He was something special. He earned an offer from Ohio State as an basically a rising ninth grader. Bill, can you explain to us what you thought of him? And then, Mark, put in context what it's like for a guy to get an offer this early from Ohio State. Well, you know, as you as you alluded to, Dan, yeah, he's he's the real deal, even as a rising ninth grader, and uh, he became the second rising ninth grader to be offered by Ohio State. And I know Mark and I talked about that at camp, and he has some thoughts on uh, eighth graders going into ninth grade getting offers. Um, and, and I mentioned that. I think I was asked about that in my uh, chat on Wednesday. You know, is it a good thing? And, and you know, I'll let Mark go into that a little bit more. But um, uh, two ninth grade-to-be offers already. And I guess if you're going to offer one, you know, Chris Henry's certainly a worthy guy because he is very, very good. Bloodlines, of course, and uh, he's got some length, catches great catch radius. He, 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 he was outstanding and without question, one of the top guys that I've seen 
at the camps. We've had several of them so far this summer. Mark? Yeah, uh, first, let's go back uh, to the Bengals 12 years ago. I believe it was Ocho Cinco, A.J. Green, and Chris Henry were the three receivers. And Chris Henry was about to be the best of all of them. Had a few Randy Moss-looking moments, the long drink-of-water type receiver that was just jumping up over everybody. His kid is a clone of that, long for days. You know, just has all that long speed, all that uh, high-pointing ability. I mean, it's a clone of his father. Uh, Unbelievable that he's that developed in eighth grade. You don't find many kids that have that size in the experience level to go compete at the level he competed at. So, yes, he is way ahead of the curve. Uh, Tyler Atkinson, the ninth grader from uh, Georgia, was offered. Same thing. He, he went to camp, and he's, a, he's ahead of the curve. He's electric. Uh, he was beating seniors in high school left and right with pass rush ability. It was undeniable how good he is. Um, Bill's setting up the good cop, bad cop, and everybody's going to learn I'm the bad cop. Uh, <laughs> ninth grade offers. And Ohio State has never done this before. I mean, Bill, going back, how many times have they offered eighth, ninth graders? These are the first two. And I don't think it's a road that – they know where it leads, and I don't think a lot of people will offer ninth graders because the road could lead other places. Uh, Chris Henry, let's let's just talk out loud for a second that he's a ninth grader who's 6'4", 180 pounds, and he's probably running 4'7", right now, 4'8". Well, if in three years he's still 6'4", 180 or 190 pounds running a 4'7", there are about 300 receivers in Ohio who are doing that right now. Big guys that run four seven just isn't enough. Isn't not enough. Isn't good enough to get them a scholarship. Now we are projecting that Chris Henry will be much faster than that. We are projecting he will be much stronger than that. But there is a percentage chance out there that he normalizes and equalizes and doesn't, you know, blossom the way an early offer would suggest. And the same thing with Tyler Atkinson. He's not defensive end size yet. He's a linebacker size in eighth grade, and he is electric. But do we know if he's a defensive end or if he's an outside linebacker yet? He could stay 190 pounds for the next three years or 200 pounds and never grow into the 240 or 50-pound defensive end that he may be projected as. So Bad Cop says, I like the early offers. You have to do it as a big-time Power 5 program or these kids will not come to your campus. They will not come to your camp, and you never get a chance to uh, woo them and recruit them. So you have to play the game of the early offers, but the more offers you put out like this, the more you're going to run the risk of a bust. And a bust with a big-name player like that isn't fun to go to in two or three years and say, hey, we're going to rescind the scholarship and you have not developed the way we think you are. I mean, what percentage of growth do you think Chris Henry has to achieve to truly be a Buckeye-caliber receiver in three years? Is he 70% of the way there right now? Is he 80% of the way? You know, the he just can't be 100% of the way in eighth grade. There is still growth left in him. So I think that's a very long answer for Buck Nutters. I've kind of went around. It's a, there's a lot there when you offer an eighth grader. You really have to be careful. And, boy, he has the lineage and all that stuff. So it's the math is there. And I want to add one thing to that. That um, I was asked about this in the, in, my, uh, in the dean's office on Wednesday morning. What do you think of them? And um, – I'm not sure that I'm the good cop on that even uh, while, while Mark might be the bad cop. I'm not even sure I'm the good cop because um, I, I'm not totally sold on it either. Um, when you offer a kid uh, going in ninth grade, 
you know, you, you do need to get in early on these kids. Competitive recruiting is so competitive. And if you don't, somebody else is going to. Um, but on the other hand, if you are a eighth grader coming to Ohio State's camp, you know, other eighth graders are now able to be offered, so to speak. And maybe you walk away disappointed if you weren't one of the ones that got offered. So, you know, there, there, there's a good side and a bad side. And, uh, you know, now, now that you've got a couple eighth grade offers out, ninth graders to be, other eighth graders, ninth graders to be know that. Yeah. You, you set a precedent. Go ahead. Yeah, you, you just set a precedent, like Bill said. And that's a great point that now the precedent is that eighth graders are in play at Ohio State. And now every eighth grader or ninth grader around the country is expecting it, not going there and just working out for them the way they normally would. The only thing I take issue with, Mark, is I believe it was TJ Hoosman Zada, not AJ Green, who played. Yeah, I wondered if that was AJ Green territory, but there were three that. Yeah, Bengals Bengals fans probably would have corrected me immediately there. I believe, I mean, I could be wrong here, but I know that Carson Palmer was injured in uh, a playoff game. He got his knees uh, sublexed, but I think it was on a long completion to Chris Henry down the right sideline, if I remember correctly. So certainly a tragedy and that we lost his dad, but he is carrying the torch and i believe he actually has a younger brother who's supposed to be really good too but we'll cover that when we go over sixth grade offers <laughs> all right some other guys at the camp that starred let's talk about a guy from my neck of the woods dylan stewart a defensive end type they were offering up chase young comparisons to him because he's from that neck of the woods he does not look like a defensive end yet to me. He looks like an outside linebacker with his hand in the dirt. Were you guys impressed? He had an offer when he got there, by the way. Yeah, he um, he is outstanding. I mean, he uh, he made guys that are uh, seniors look look pretty bad, to be honest. And he was going right around them. Now, what would have been interesting, and I mentioned this in my in one of my wrap ups, is that um, that day there was Dylan Stewart. And there was Will Smith and there was Nigel Smith. All three defensive linemen already had offers from Ohio State before the camp started. In the case of Will Smith, he's already committed to Ohio State. But uh, the group of offensive linemen wasn't uh, as strong that day at all. And the defensive linemen were just really – it was a uh, pathway to the quarterback, so to speak. The next day, there was a better group of offensive linemen there. It would have been nice – to have seen the intersection of those two groups going against each other um, to get a matter, much better comparison. But having said that, Dylan Stewart is a great prospect. And for Iowa State fans, the good news is, is that while he hasn't been a lot of places so far, he said he told me after the camp that this was, <clears throat> excuse me, the best place he had been so far. So you know, he came away from the camp. High, he was already very interested but he came away even more interested. I believe he said to me that uh, from a one to 10 standpoint, Ohio state was a 10. Mark, what'd you think of him as a prospect? Yeah. You, you alluded that, you know, he's not full defensive end yet. Well, I don't think he can drop and cover. Okay. I don't think he's full linebacker either, I, but I think he's going to end up defensive end as he had weights get to college. And let's just describe the scenario there. The first offensive lineman steps up. He comes off the ball, and I don't know if the kid laid a finger on him, 
but the kid immediately got sent to the back. They brought in another offensive lineman, went right by him. And I'm not kidding you, after about the fourth or fifth rep from these Ohio State offered type defensive ends, the lineman didn't want to step up and go in there anymore. They were absolutely getting posterized. There had to be 30 cameras running, whether it was the press, the Ohio State coaches, Ryan Day standing there. And every lineman that went there, their dream of going to the Ohio State camp and showing Ohio State what they had all of a sudden turned into an absolute nightmare for the offensive lineman. Where I don't know if any of them could impress their own parents that day. I'm sure they got into the cars and cried. The offensive lineman might have got beat in 90% of the reps that day by the defensive lineman. It was a, like Bill said, it was an open gate to the quarterback. And in the combination of extreme talent on defense and just average talent, you know, on offense, I think one of the best offensive linemen was the kid out of St. Charles uh, down there in Columbus. He had a pretty good day. And the kid from Kip did everything he could in pass protection to be long and wide and give those guys a run for their money. But uh, coming off the ball as a defensive end, he was outstanding. Uh, I think defensive end as he goes into his career. I was asked yesterday to compare Will Smith and Nigel Smith. Both were at the camp. Compare them for me, guys. I'll let you go first on that one, Mark. Yeah, uh, I thought Nigel Smith was the best defensive tackle at the camp, not including Will Smith at the time. You know, he was, I didn't know he was going to camp again that day. Uh, but Nigel Smith was explosive, was active, was athletic, was long. Uh, I think he could play end, much like Will Smith. And when Will Smith and him stood next together, I, I pointed out to Bill, I go, which one of them's bigger? And they were pretty much clones of each other. I mean, when you looked up and down, Nigel Smith, Will Smith, pretty much the same identical kid, just like Will. A little bit of defensive end traits, a lot of defensive tackle future for him. Uh, Will Smith has embraced the defensive tackle. And while I'm talking about Will Smith, I can't tell you, it might have been five college coaches to me that said, can you believe what Will Smith is doing? And it wasn't about the pass rushing or what he was doing. This kid is working out at every Ohio State camp and taking reps at every Ohio State camp. That goes to his character, how much you can depend on him, his work ethic, his fear level. He's not scared. How many guys with a commitment show up to work out at one camp? Most of these guys are standing around hanging out with the coaches. And I don't want to bang on them and look soft or do that, but – Will Smith is doing that. Will Smith is talking with his attitude, and, and one of the coaches said it. We're going to depend on this guy a little bit more because we know where his mindset's at doing this. It's just not something that's common these days. It's, there's a attitude to the commitments at any school that, hey, I just show up to camp and I walk around the red carpet and they all pat me on the back. And Will Smith's showing you every rep that I'm going to dominate. I'm going to dominate at every camp, and I'm going to prove that there is no one that I'm not, I'm not afraid of. And if he takes 300 reps this summer and he loses 20 reps, so be it. Most of those guys are scared to lose those 20 reps and they won't even show up. And I, I want to add a couple little stories about Will Smith um, to that. He was there and is going to continue to be there because he wants to get better. You know, he said it's not about competing, really, although he loves to compete. It's about learning from Larry Johnson. Um, you know, he honestly wants to get better every single day. And that's the kind of kids that Ohio State wants. And the second one is, is that, you know, Mark talked about uh, him uh, going to every camp and working out. 
he has been told by Larry Johnson to back off a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, On the third day of camp, the second day in a row, Larry Johnson told him, you you don't need to work out again today. Uh, You don't have to do that two mornings in a row. And the morning before, he was battling cramps, um, but he kept coming back in. You know, cramps and all. He said, I'm going to keep going back in there and working. Um, So Larry Johnson told him to back off a little bit, but he still showed up. He was still there trying to learn, watching, trying to learn. He also was there trying to recruit guys for Ohio State. Uh, He was doing everything. And then the second story is that going to his character, um, Will Smith, Mark and I were got to know Will early and watched him <clears throat> very early in his junior season and liked him a lot. And that was kind of before he blew up. And, and we talked about how good we thought this guy was going to be, even though he was young and still developing. And sure enough, he ended up blowing up, becoming an Ohio State recruit. But, the, you know, Mark and I kind of developed a relationship with him. And, and Will Smith has not forgot that. Um, when it was time for him to commit, you know, he got in touch with me and say, Hey, Mr. Kerlick, you know, I, I'm going to commit. I want you to know about it and all. Well, when, and be ready for it. When he was at camp this week, the cramps were really bothering him. And he, you know, he, he was struggling a little bit with that. And afterwards he wasn't feeling very good. And I just asked him about, you know, maybe doing an interview and he was really polite. He, uh, he said, I just don't feel up to it right now. And I said, okay, no problem, Will, whatever. Um, So I go out to my car after camp, and sure enough, Will Smith sends me a text message. He felt bad that he was not able to do that interview with me. He really legitimately felt bad about that. He said, I just was not feeling good, Mr. Kerlick. He said, I feel a little bit better now. I'm ready if it's okay. You know, we did that interview then over the phone. But the fact that, you know, a lot of kids wouldn't do that. And that that shows to Will Smith's character. I know there was some question about Will when he first got his offer. And I think this is going to happen anytime when your father is a well-known Buckeye that people thought it might have been. He might have been offered because of his name. And I think he's proven this week that he is an absolutely legitimate Ohio State prospect. And. I mean, just in his body type that's changed since the tape I watched of him, you know, you never would have thought he'd be an interior guy. We were talking outside linebacker to defensive end, and now you're talking about sliding inside. That was less than a year ago. So, I mean, hopes are extremely high for him. So that's excellent. And you guys talked about Nigel. Uh, along, along those, along, yeah, along those lines with that body transformation, I'm going to maybe lead you into the next group of guys. Uh, throw Luke Montgomery in there. Luke Montgomery and Smith a year ago looked like different players. Oh, he's a center guard, Luke Montgomery. He's a really active athletic defensive tackle. He just put some length to his body, and his butt and legs have filled out. And just like Will Smith, his legs and butt have just expanded like you can't believe. I mean, squat rack, leg press, whatever has helped them do it. Those two guys, maybe a year ago, like you said, there were fans and people who questioned it, but the Buckeyes nailed these guys. I mean, these guys have developed into exactly what you wanted. So that leads us into Tuesday. Um, another good camp. Some very interesting guys. Not quite the camp we saw where seven offers went out, but impressive nonetheless. Let's talk about a guy, Mark, you wanted to talk about, Rasheem Biles. 
Yeah. That's a guy that at Pickerington Central has been absolutely overshadowed by the extreme amount of talent they've had on that team. Okay. We've talked about the styles and many other guys there. Rasheem Biles was the real deal at corner. I know he didn't walk away from an offer, but going in the senior year with the time he's run, uh, like four or five or underneath that, uh, he's a six one, six two corner with length. He locked down everybody. He made a one-handed Odell Beckham interception over the receiver. It was like playing against a child. Uh, I thought that for a lower-named kid or someone that we really didn't have on the radar, and I haven't really seen in a lot of forms, uh, we better start talking about him being a local kid. I think it's just a matter of time before the season comes around that maybe Ohio State takes a second look. If they don't get some of the defensive backs that Bill's probably going to talk about that I've talked with Bill, there's a three or four corners that are – Strong with Ohio State right now, and he's one of these corners. But, boy, someone's going to get a diamond in the rough with him if Ohio State doesn't take him because I thought he was one of the best corners there. Bill, wide receiver Winston Watkins is committed to Texas A&M. I've seen some chatter on the internets between him and Dylan Rayola. How high shall our hopes be? He apparently was very impressive. He was fantastic. He was the star of the afternoon session. He's not real big. He's listed at 5'10", I believe, and 175 pounds. I think that's a little bit of a stretch, but he's good. He's really good. And, you know, you can see Ryan Day spending time talking with him, Brian Harline spending time talking with him. They they offered him a scholarship. And <clears throat> in my mind, he is a kid that Ohio State could flip. You know, sometimes you, you offer a kid and he's committed elsewhere and your hopes aren't real, real high. But you, this is a kid that Ohio State, in my opinion, uh, can flip eventually. Will they? That remains to be seen, but they have a shot at doing that. And you know, he made a he made some catches. He made one in the end zone falling backwards that was uh, uh, with a receiver relatively, or I should say a defensive back, relatively close in proximity. It was just a fantastic touchdown catch. Uh, outstanding speed. Uh, I don't really usually like uh, the smaller wide receivers, at the Ohio State level that much, but he, I can see him, uh, his skills translate to Ohio State level, even at his size. Yeah, IMG Academy, that's where he attends, so shocker. He's super talented, and 2025 already committed. I'm not sure how tight that commitment is. All right, Mark, you uh, teased this a little bit. There were three future Ohio State offensive linemen there, Luke Montgomery, Austin Sierraveld, and uh, Zach Padilla. What would you think of them on the hoof? It definitely looks like they're getting along. Um, that's the future of the interior of your line there, although Montgomery looks like he might be able to split out a little bit. Yeah, that, that was the takeaway from those three standing there together is Montgomery's definitely grown. You know, he definitely expanded his his legs, his body, and, yeah, tackles now in play because he's always had the feet and athletic ability for it. People just worried about the long arms and the length. Uh, the other two guys look good standing there. Uh, I want to go back to that receiver we were talking about with Bill. Uh, I know fans out there probably want to comp on him, and I'm sitting here racking my brain. There aren't many small receivers at Ohio State lately. We haven't really seen a 5'9", 5'10 guy, and I hate to go Terry Glenn, Joey Galloway on people because I didn't see that you know, ridiculous explosion, but it wasn't far off. I think the smoothness that he had, is relatable to Terry Grant and Galloway of the way they could effortlessly run and come in and out of breaks. He kind of looked like that style going forward, especially for a smaller receiver. But yeah, I, sorry to digress back to the receiver, but that's the kind of player you're looking at with him. And 
of course, those linemen, they're, they're right on par for what we expected. All right, Bill, we're going to hit, we're going to take a break and hit some questions. Before we do that, give us an idea of how the rest of June looks in terms of camps. And then obviously June 24th through the 26th is going to be just a cavalcade of stars. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's uh, they've had three camps so far. Uh, there are four more to go, three more one day camps. And then the seven on seven competition camp, basically there's two next week two the following week. Official visits start this weekend. Not a huge weekend in terms of numbers, but, uh, you know, there are some outstanding players that are going to be at high state this weekend. Each weekend gets a little better or a little bigger, I should say. Uh, the June 17th weekend will have more numbers and some great players. And then June 24th will be off the charts. Uh, and when we get back then, we need to talk about one other guy that was, spec- I thought, really, really good. Ty Lockwood, the commitment at tight end for Ohio state. Like Bill said, we're going to take a quick break for our podcast listeners and come back and get into the tight end. Introducing the two way V four where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell. Each step feels explosive delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience, maximum comfort throughout the game. It's lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two way V four gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we are back. Bill, I was remiss in not mentioning Ty Lockwood as I focused on his three other future teammates. But Lockwood was there and was impressive. We had multiple content pieces on him. Your eyewitness account, both of you, of the future tight end. That is what an Ohio State tight end prospect should look like. You know, Kevin Wilson got him early. And not a lot of people – he was a a four-star guy, but he didn't get – maybe quite as much play as, as some other great players. Ty Lockwood is a fantastic prospect. You know, he's, he's big, he's rangy, he's 6'5", about 225, 230. He's going to get bigger. Um, splits out at receiver for his school a lot, has, has receiving skills. He's going to be a, a good blocker for Ohio State. You know, he is exactly what you look for. And he's, in my opinion, he is a top five tight end prospect in the entire country. And and I want to say something, too, about Kevin Wilson recruiting uh, tight ends for Ohio State. He has been all over this. Each camp, you see him with two, three, four guys that are good players that Ohio State is looking at that he has there working out to, to possibly add a tight end to the 2023 class, because if they can get a, a really, really good one to go with Lockwood, they'll, they'll do that. Uh, but also he's working ahead on 2024 and 2025 tight end recruiting. So, you know, he is really uh, doing the work as far as recruiting tight ends for Ohio State, and he helps with the offensive linemen. It was really good to watch. Uh, they brought together the three offensive linemen and Ty Lockwood together, and then the couple other few other tight ends that Kevin Wilson was looking at, they brought them together in the afternoon session on Tuesday, and Justin Fry was working with them, and Kevin Wilson was working with them. Uh, it, that was great to see because there was some big-time talent working together out there. Yeah, you saw him last week. He had Jackson McGowan, the Miamisburg tight end, committed to Cincinnati, and he had Tavian Galloway, obviously the 2024 uh, tight end from Chillicothe. Uh we watched both of those guys. They were outstanding. 
uh, receiver prospects at tight end. And neither one of them really has done much blocking on film. And that was kind of the question mark going into camp. And, you know, as they left and they didn't get the offers, you said, okay, they probably don't know enough about them blocking. Lockwood shows up and he looks like them receiving. But when you go into the blocking stuff is where he goes into another level. When they run those tight ends down that board and they got to shuffle their feet, he had machine gun firing feet going down that board where you could see uh, if they got 20 steps going down the board, Lockwood got 30 and the rest of them got 25. That's how much faster his feet were popping along and the type of uh, explosive quickness he had in his legs. You could see the difference. And Bill said it. That's what an Ohio State tight end looks like. The guy that's got the girth and the build and the, the thickness, the attitude, the block, and then splits out a receiver and, and gets rewarded with a few balls out there in the Ohio State offense. But We've talked about this multiple times. Ohio State tight ends come in to block first. They have to secure the edge of the line of scrimmage or the Ohio State cannot run zone to the outside, uh, just like Ruckert. So he's going to be in the clone over Ruckert, a well-rounded, you know, on both sides, tight end, blocking and receiving, uh, not just a one-sided receiving only tight end. All right. That was a tremendous review of the camps. Like we said, Bill and Mark are all over it. We are about halfway through the month when it comes to camps. You may want to take off the days before and after June 24th to the 26th. So that's going to be, if it's not the biggest off-season recruiting weekend of the year, I can't imagine a bigger one. All right, let's 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 get to the questions here. First one, Bill from Yakov22. Did you ever see Chris Spielman play at Maslin? Boy. That's going back a few years, but uh, I, I don't remember Spielman's senior season. What, uh, Mark, do you remember when that was? I don't even know if I was born yet. Yeah, I, I don't remember his senior season. And I, is it 88? What, what's that? My guess is 88. 88. Yeah. I, I started doing this in 87. Um, so, gosh, you know, that's 35, 36, whatever years ago. And, I, I I can't remember actually going in person to see him play right offhand. I might have, but again, that's been 36 years. So I, I can't say for sure I, I saw him play as a senior in person. Yeah, oh, I, remember, I remember oh. hearing about him in high school. Like I was in high school at that time. I think he may be a year or two older than me. Yeah. But in New Jersey, we heard about him. I think he was on the cover of – he was on a Wheaties box. Yep. He was yeah, almost like box. The, I do remember that. Absolutely. And yeah. he had the reputation as the born and bred, you know, linebacker from the Midwest. And I think his dad was a big influence. So yeah, he was that, nationally known. Yeah, those are my memories. And I have memories in my head of him when they roll the Maslow McKinley uh, rivalry footage every year. They have throwback footage of him. And I can picture him in the uniform, but boy, that's, that's going back there. And I will Mark. say that, uh, 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 going back, uh, I told uh, Landon Pace or Lando's son worked out at Ohio State on Tuesday, and and after I talked to to, to Landon, I told him, you know, your dad was one of the two best players I have seen in my 36 years in person uh, in the state of Ohio. Uh, the two best players I have seen, in my opinion, were the Big O, Orlando Pace and Andy Katz and Moyer. They're just off-the-chart talents that uh, uh, just freaks in a good way, certainly, and that's the two best I've ever seen. 
The big O and the big cat. Uh, in Ohio, yep. All right, Mark. Speaking of okay. Ohio. Yeah, I see. 1341. Mark, how, how's Youngstown? Any Buckeye caliber recruits from there? Your guy is clearly a Youngstown native, now forced to live in the SEC country, and he needs some help. Yeah, the uh, the guy everybody's talking about in Youngstown is Brian Robinson from Austintown Fitch. He was at the Ohio State camp a week ago, 6'5", 250-pound defensive end. I actually went up to Fitch today. Alabama came in to work him out and watched him go through a workout there. I think I've seen him work out at Under Armour. He is a specimen, the real deal. Uh, Bill and I just talked about all the defensive ends that Ohio State has for 23 and some of the other guys working out. He fits in that category. He's just a little bit more raw right now than those other guys. Has a little more uh, – they have more experience. He only played uh, – Brian Robinson only played a little bit his sophomore year. He got worked in towards the end of the year. Uh, we're expecting him to make the big jump junior year. He's put on over 35 pounds, as that's told me, since last year, you know, in the last six months in the weight room. So he's a different human being. Uh, over at uh, Fitch, we have the Hewlett kid who's committed to Cincinnati. I thought he was one of the top prospects in town. Uh, Austin Town Fitch has another one with Cam Smith, who's uh, committed to Iowa State. Uh, where else? Oh, uh, Warren Harding has the linebacker or the running back up there uh, that has some offers in 2024. He'll be a good prospect to look at. But Ohio State to produce a Buckeye, we haven't produced one in a few years. Uh, Brian Robinson right now would be the head guy in that lead. Uh, Brock Lowry at Canfield just committed to Indiana. So those are the top prospect, prospects in town here right now. All right, Bill. This is, I believe we are legally obligated to answer this question on every show. But the great Suzebo asks, what is up with Tate and Ennis? It does seem like at one point in time, more felt confident about Tate than Ennis. I get the feeling those roles have changed, but I defer to the Dean. Yeah, I would agree with that. At one time, everybody seemed to think uh, Tate was going to be a Buckeye and Ennis, eh, maybe, maybe not. Um, I, I do agree. It's kind of changed. I I like Ennis. I mean, the, the, the situation is perfect for him at Ohio State if he becomes a Buckeye. They're recruiting him for the slot Jackson Smith and Jigba replacement and Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to go to the NFL. I don't think anybody has any question about that after this coming season. So Ennis could come in and, and fill that role. Now, obviously, there's going to be competition there. But, you know, I still like Ohio State's chances to win that battle. No guarantees. Brian Hartline's still recruiting him hard. But I like Ohio State in that one. Carnell Tate um, certainly uh, – is still in the running for Ohio state, but as we've talked about before, you know, the NILs in play and, you know, uh, Tennessee is working that and it's just going to depend on, you know, what he looks for more long-term or, or, or more short-term. And, and, and he knows what Ohio state can offer him as far as development, as far as being a first round draft choice and all, um, you know, they're going to be in Columbus. Uh, Ennis has got his official visit. It's been lined up for June 17th for a while. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But um, I, I still would go um, with both of them. I'd probably, if gun to my head, I'd probably go with both of them being Buckeye still at this point. But um, I, I think Ennis, as you refer to, Dan, is probably a little ahead on that scale right now. Ennis just visited Alabama, and he'll be up here soon. Bill, do you? 
know what happened on Twitter last night with Tate. I don't tend to put too much stock into the Twitter uh, verse when it comes on there. It's just really more NIL BS. You got any vibe on that? I think they're referring to um, uh, Tate had, had tweeted something along the lines of you can be developed and be a first round draft choice at basically any school. Uh, I think they're referring to that. That's probably true. I would say the likelihood of being developed into a first round draft pick is much higher if you're working under Brian Hartline, and I'm basing that on watching the NFL draft. God forbid we'd actually use facts. Um, <laughs> da, 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 I'm not going to get into that part. Basically, what they're saying is Ohio, Ohio State fans were on there maybe giving Tate a little bit of a hard time. Unfortunately, there are some who get on social media and try and get down in the dirt with teenagers. I don't really suggest that as an approach to life, but go ahead, Mark. Yeah, just to bring up something. About two weeks before these camps started, I think we're guilty of beating a dead horse. There's nothing to talk about. We're talking about innocent Tate over and over and over and over. As soon as these camps start, forget what you heard, forget what you know. Everything gets blown up. All the visits start. All the evaluations are new again. Everybody's 10, 15 pounds different than what the film was. So I think when June 1st starts, there is a natural reset that, yeah, everything changes. You know, we got to re rethink these situations that you thought were uh, locks and these guys were just going to commit. Uh, it, it's June. Uh, and for the next week again, it's going to reset again. I, I tell college coaches, the report I send you in February gets blown up to a million pieces as soon as June starts. I have to redo all my rankings. I see kids that are totally different. We just talked about Will Smith and Montgomery. In my book, they went up 5 or 10%, those guys, by the way they look now. Some of the other guys only went up 1% or 2% in, in their development or their progression. You know, And that's the way I always look at things. What percentage is this guy better than the last time I saw him? And you're starting to see 5 10 20% differences in kids. Yeah, uh... They're also referring to some comments that were made on some other podcasts and stuff. We're not going to get into all that. But what Mark said is, is true because if you think about it, these are teenagers. They are – everything is fluid in recruiting. Guys can grow. And, I mean, Will Smith is the perfect example of, you know, six months ago we were discussing him being a possible offer at a different position. And now he looks like he's ready for snaps on the big stage. So everything's fluid and thankfully the decisions are in the hands of Ohio state and they have yet to lead us wrong when it comes to recruiting. They are doing quite a fine job, just like our guys here, almost 40 minutes in the books. We're going to have to call it quits. We appreciate all your questions. We appreciate your time. Please smash the like button, subscribe, do what you got to do. And uh, we'll be back with these guys next Thursday. Have a good one. Bucknutters. series on Paramount Plus. 
Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.